0: Hello, folks. Welcome to episode seven of the Sheepsville podcast. Uh, we're a bit later this week. Uh, I've been, I've actually been busy doing shit, so I haven't really had time to sit down and just shoot the shit like I normally do. Uh, but we made it. Got everything sort of done. Well, done enough, and. Uh, managed to find some time to sit down and fucking get this podcast down and out the road. Uh, How's everybody doing? I ask that every week, but obviously there's no response because this is a one-way street here. But it's polite, you know what I mean? I'm just being nice. I don't really actually care how you're doing. I'm sure you're doing like fucking... Every which way under the sun over the course of a day, like I am. Uh, But hopefully, we're steering closer towards the positive side. Uh, So, what to talk about this week? Uh, Well, we might as well talk about the elephant in the room and. Go over like the sort of the updates on the the COVID nineteen situation. Uh, you're probably well aware by now that the the UK government has issued uh, a rule stating that anybody travelling back to the UK from Spain uh, is required to go into a fortnight's quarantine when they come back. And uh, my first thought off the top of my head was, "Who the fuck is policing that? How are they going to know? Like you're you're going to get you get into the airport right, back from fucking Seville or whatever, and uh, you're coming through the fucking arrivals, bit of the passport control and what and whatnot, and you get out." And they're, and, they're, and they're saying to you i like, oh, remember, you need to go into quarantine for two weeks. As soon as you're back from Seville, and that's in Spain, we need you to go into quarantine. And you're just like, yeah, okay, no bother, mate. And that's it. Like, unless they're tagging you with some sort of fucking, like, tracking device... like you're a wee fucking ned that's just panned, some, panned your neighbour's windows in and got an asmo for it, then, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not going to know, are they? Unless you've downloaded some fucking app. Or whatever, because that's, like, that's what I got told, is they're meant to be using fucking apps to track you and then what they do is they just sort of do it, like, they, they ask people at random, where have you been? Have you been anywhere the last fucking two weeks or whatever? And uh, it's all, apparently, it's all about, like, risking uh, risking being asked at random. So, say, for instance, you come back from, from a, a fucking weekend away, in Mallorca, and then you don't go into quarantine, you're basically risking, you're basically taking the, taking the, the, what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? You're taking the gamble that the government aren't going to ask you where you've been recently. Do you know what I'm saying? So unless you get asked, they're not going to know you can come home unpack your stuff and then just go on about your business and they wouldn't know a fucking thing about it. Your workplace will. So it might be a case of like, well, you can't come into work for two weeks because we know where you've been. Uh, But there's no, like, there's nobody fucking, there's no going to be people, like, in black cars with tinted windows fucking sitting outside your house waiting on you fucking opening the door and then blasting through the sunroof with a fucking sniper rifle or whatever, hang I think mean, they can't really they can't really do that. they can only really advise, but like I don't really understand what the fucking big deal is anyway, like I know Britain has always had an affinity with going on holiday to Spain like fucking places like Benidorm and and whatever usually because it's cheap it's a cheap getaway and it's not a long flight and it's guaranteed sun that's pretty much it but do do you really need to go away to fucking Spain right now like, I'm not disputing whether you want to or not. I mean, there's loads of people that have been furloughed and they've been stuck in, in the house and everything like that, and they're obviously wanting to get away and do something. But why does it have to be Spain? Why Why do you have to fucking... Like, oh, we need to go and get we're we're fucking holiday in, in uh, Gran Canaria, soaking up the rays... So, do you really, do you need to? Can't you just fucking wait for a good day and sit in the fucking park or go to your local beach or whatever? Do you need, you don't need to be on a fucking plane. It it, it drives me nuts, I just really don't understand how how somebody can get that desperate to go away to Spain. It just baffles me. Plenty of other places you can go. Portugal's right next door, they don't no say anything about that. Don't take your ch- your children there though. because I get kidnapped, possibly shagged, but that's another story, we're not going to get into that. Of course, up here in Scotland, Jimmy Cranky, or Nicola Sturgeon as some people like to call her, uh, she's extended phase three by a couple of weeks. Which means gyms can't open yet. No sporting facilities and all that kind of jazz and people are up in arms about it. And to be fair, it's a fair point. It's a fair point that people have got. Like how come uh you're not allowed to go to the gym and exercise and get back into a keep a, a better keep fit routine, but you're allowed to go to the pub and get absolutely fucking annihilated. It doesn't really make much sense, especially considering like, you're more uh, you're more likely to contract COVID if you're obese. You're at higher risk if you're uh, overweight and such. Exercise is important. On the other hand, I could also kind of see the point of not liking gyms to be open. It's like there's a lot of heavy breathing going on. Uh, a lot of people like wait, like touching equipment. They're sweating, and there's a lot of bodily fluids and everything on the go. And they're all touching the same equipment and they're all breathing on each other in an enclosed space. Um, to the point where I don't really even think a mask would help that much. The masks are a load of pressure anyway. Because your breath, like all it does is like when you breathe, it's concentrated air that comes out when you breathe normally. It's like a single shot. It's like the way I like it. It's like a a pistol. Like if you had a handgun, or a, like a, a pistol sort of thing, it would just fire, just one, right, straight forward. Whereas when you wear a mask and you breathe the same way, all it does is give you a wider spread. Because the breath comes up and over the mask. It goes down and underneath the mask. It goes around the sides of the mask. And it's just a bigger spread. It's like going from a handgun to a fucking sawn-off shotgun. So it's just like a bigger blast radius. That's all it is. So I can understand it from both sides. Like, uh... I'd probably agree with them that the maybe it's a bit. If they really are worried about it, then there's no point in opening gyms and that if there's if there's that much risk involved. But at the same time, should should pubs and stuff really be open as like as well? Then. Do you know what I mean? Like it's because it's it's not really I can understand that from the point of, like it's important for the business. Getting the custom and helping their financial situation and that. Without having to like the government having to pay them uh parachute payments or fucking whatever you want to call them uh to help them keep going through this uh but at the same time it's it's not really a necessity for people to go out and get fucking hammered, does it no no we can't we can't risk people going out and Doing their bicep curls and getting and uh, getting a good leg day in. No, we've got to we've got to make them available. We've got to give give them the time to go out and fucking throw fucking twelve pints of fucking craft beer in their fucking throat and get absolutely annihilated. Possibly cause a riot, a few stabbings. What could go wrong? Anyway, this is this is why I don't make the decisions. So I'm not qualified, and I'm not intelligent enough to make them. So there was a the first pet to get coronavirus recently. Someone's cat you'd imagine like a lot, like there's probably a lot of them already had it, I can't imagine like, for for, like how long coronavirus has been about, it's peaked, it's not peaked, and then there's been a wee spike, and then it's went back down, through all that time, I'd be very surprised, if there wasn't another pet, that's had it, because then how do you really know, unless it takes really bad, and it's really ill, and then you go and take it to the vet and the vet tests it and it says oh it's fucking come back positive. How do you know? Where's the cat going about where we fucking cough? Fucking like it's on its fucking last legs or something like that, just creeping about slowly. Just
1: like <coughs>
0: like what the fuck was it then and you seen the pictures of it on the fucking on the articles and that just like sitting there Look, to be fair it did look absolutely fucked it looked like its face looked like it just—it was trying to process what had just happened. After it was raped, just like his eyes fucking wide open, just like totally fucking flabbergasted, in shock. At what had just occurred. Maybe that's how they get it though maybe COVID goes right in through the asshole and just rapes them through the inside. Rapes their lungs. (laughs) Nah, that's pretty sick. Probably doesn't. I don't imagine COVID-19 having much sexual fucking necessity. Well, there you go. There's your re fucking update on the coronavirus situation here. Uh, A lot of people have got a lot of fucking opinions about it. About the decisions. About the coverage, about this, that and the next thing. But nobody's a fucking expert on it. So you just need to sort of think for yourself and act for yourself. Act for those around you. Acting in your best interests and in the bit be- in and the interests of how you think you could keep the people about around about you safe and not bring any harm to anybody. That's the only way you can act because there's far too many fucking opinions going about, far too many conspiracy theories, and it's just a lot, a load of old bollocks. Most of it. It's just people just. They're going off their heads and they're fucking trying to like make sense of everything, and it's all just coming out really nonsensical, but yeah, onwards and upwards eh I've got something to look forward to before I move on something to look forward to tomorrow I've got the f a Cup final with uh, the lads Arsenal. Representing against the fucking racist scumbags Chelsea Uh I honestly like like I was hoping it was going to be an Arsenal Manchester United final. Just for old time's sake. Roll back the years a bit. Let's get back to that old rivalry and actually have it be for silverware. Because that's not happened in a long, long time. And it would just be good to sort of relive that those occasions. Um, but it's Chelsea. We've beat them in the FA Cup final. Before, I believe that was the last time we won it. The last time we won it, we beat Chelsea in the final. Uh, so yeah, I'm not very confident though. Yeah. It's... It's almost impossible to be confident as an Arsenal fan going into any game. Because you just feel like you've been let down so many times and you just feel like you're setting yourself up for a fall. Setting yourself up to be disappointed. So my rule is I always go in with the absolute lowest expectations so that when it does go tits up, I can just sit there and go, well, yeah, I knew that was going to happen am prepared for it. And it's easier to accept. And then you move on with your life. You wipe away the tears. Put a bit of Savlon on your sore arse. And get on with shit. But. If Arsenal play. Let me not necessarily if they play the same way. But if they've got the same. Discipline and the same level of execution for like whatever Mikel Arteta wants the players to do um then I think we I think we could, we've got a good chance we've got a good chance of winning the cup and booking our place in the European football for next season because that's the big thing really it's obviously like really nice to win a trophy but If Arsenal don't get European football, then fuck knows what's going to happen next season, because that affects the financial situation. Uh, We're not going to be able to sign Mm. lucrative players. We're going to have to think outside the box and sign some fucking unknown tosser for the fucking Greeks in 2nd Division or something like that on loan, instead of going for like the big names. Which, uh, for a club the size of Arsenal, that's the kind of scenario you don't want. Uh, but yeah, it'll be the first time, if we don't get European football, it'll be the first time in 25 years that Arsenal haven't been in Europe. 1995, eh? And Dennis Bergkamp came, and we were in Europe ever since. It just doesn't bear thinking about. And my issue with it is a lot of people are saying that like we, they think that Arsenal are going to win it because we need it more. Chelsea have qualified for Champions League football. They don't really need it as much as we do. They've still got Champions League uh, knockout round second leg against Bayern Munich to think about. Uh, so it might not be at the top of their list of like big games. Uh, but that's the bit that worries me is because like now. The pressure of how much we need to win this game. And the reason that anno- that annoys me is because Arsenal are notoriously fucking bottle merchants. When the pressure's on. The only other team that comes close to being like that is fucking Tottenham. And they're probably worse than Arsenal in terms of their bottle. Which is good because it's them. But I, I really don't... I don't trust Arsenal when the pressure's on them. So we'll just have to wait and see... Obviously I've uh my one hundred percent supporting my team. Hopefully we can get the cup lifted and get ourselves into Europe and it could set us up for a, a decent a decent transfer window and a much better go at next season with uh Arteta getting a full campaign and full sort of build up under his belt. And maybe we could push on with uh with his tactics and his philosophy. So that's what we need we, we we just need and he seems to be doing that he seems to be sort of getting the players on board with what he's trying to do he's trying to make us a difficult team to beat as opposed to just a better team uh so yeah so it's, it's looking promising i don't want to sort of get ahead of myself and get overconfident with anything because it's Arsenal but yeah, it should be a good game. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, I come out celebrating. Uh, the last day of the Premier League season was a weird one. Cause Arsenal had that had that way about them. They were playing against Watford. And. Uh, for the first say half an hour or so, we were absolutely dynamite or we fucking passing the ball about or we creating chances or we or we playing like Arsenal. Scored three goals Went 3 0 up quite quickly. Absolutely destroying Watford. But then we took our foot off the gas and with Watford playing to try and stay in the league and avoid relegation they were always going to just like throw everything at it. And that's the kind of scenario where you can't really afford to take your foot off the gas if you want to win the game. And just as I thought we went 3-0 up far too early, took our foot off the gas and we, were, and we allowed Watford back into the game, conceded a stupid penalty, that's the fifth, fifth penalty David Luiz has conceded for Arsenal this season, which is a record apparently, that goes to show you, that tells you everything you need to know about that fucking tit. He's a total fucking bomb scare. It's like one game he looks absolutely immense. The next game he's a fucking shell of a fucking centre-back. So they score the penalty just before half-time. 3-1 at half-time, you're thinking, right, it's still a fucking... It's still a comfortable lead. We should push on and get the three points from here. But then... Old fucking, I don't care what you would call the hospital patient for the fucking for the fucking injury prone ward. Danny Welbeck, he comes back to haunt us and scores to make it three two. With still time remaining, and he could have he could have got another goal to make it threes up if it wasn't for Martínez in the goal, with a fucking, honestly, one of the greatest saves I've seen in a long time. Because, like, it was a hard flick from Danny Welbeck, and it was never, ever, shooting like that's never going to be the most powerful shot in the world. But, all things considered, he made a really good connection with that shot. He got all of his foot on it. As as much as he could possibly get on it, he got onto it. And that was goal bound. And just the anticipation from Martinez, the fucking the reactions to get down to ground level, fuck off emails. Just to get down to that level and make the save with like the strength of the wrist and well, it was just incredible. And totally saved saved the game. For Arsenal and got with the three points. But you could tell that Arsenal were more concerned with keeping themselves fresh for the cup final. Because once they went 3 0 up, that was it. They just weren't interested anymore. But we got there in the end. Ended the campaign on well when. Only finished eighth in the table, which is fu- a fucking disgrace. But a win in the FA Cup final would certainly help sort of would be a silver lining, quite literally. Uh, So yeah. The only thing that annoyed me is like with the last day was that like Kevin De Bruyne for Man City he uh apparently equaled the the record for the number of assists in a single Premier League season, which is twenty, and uh, it was the former Arsenal striker striker Thierry Henry that had the record previously, and uh, they kept going on about it. They like they, and they even made him o- his own award for it. Like you usually get the Golden Boot for the top scorer, and whatnot, and then you get the PFA Player of the Year for who was good in the Premier League, but. Then they decided that like, you get the golden glove for the goalkeeper who's got the most clean sheets. But I do believe this was the first year that they've ever given out the Playmaker Award. Because I don't remember Meza Ozil getting a Playmaker Award for his 19 assists. And uh, what was it, the 2017 18 season or something like that, he got 19 assists. I don't remember Ozil getting a a Playmaker Award for that. And I don't remember any other assist maker getting a Playmaker Award. So this this award was created just for Kevin De Bruyne equaling Thierry Henry's record. Thierry Henry never even got one when he did it, when he made the record. And the thing that annoys me is Kevin De Bruyne keeps coming out and and he's not even happy with it. He's not he's not being like he showed he's he's an arrogant cunt. He's coming out and he's he's like oh uh I got two more than what they are saying, I broke the record, it should have been twenty two assists. You're just like, Kevin Shut the fuck up, eh? Just fucking take your award and piss off. I mean stop fucking bumping your gums. I mean you've got your little award now. Go and fucking enjoy yourself. Enjoy your wee holiday or whatever it is you're allowed to go and fucking day, Get ready for the Champions League against Real Madrid. You've got other things to fucking worry about. And the other thing that annoys me about that is that for everybody, including Kevin, going on about these 20 assists, and it's, oh, it's fucking amazing, it's absolutely brilliant, what a player, and all that kind of thing. And he is. He's a great player. Uh. His poxy total of 13 goals in the season is still 11 off the 24 that Thierry Henry got when he set that record of assists. Now, I'm sure the argument will be, it's like, oh, but he was a striker. Of course
1: he's going to get more goals.
0: Yeah, but he also got the assists, Kevin De Bruyne is getting out of this fucking, like, people ripping the head off it. Shooting their load onto the fucking ceiling because he got 20 assists and 13 goals. It's not Thierry Henry's fault that he plays in midfield. And Thierry Henry's a striker. I mean, the fact is that Thierry Henry's a striker. He managed to score 24 goals and set up 20 for his teammates. So he contributed to 44 goals. Kevin De Bruyne contributed to 33. So there's a difference.
1: Are you a climate change activist, environmentalist, and general tree-hugging bastard, looking for a friendlier way to keep your friends and family safe during the coronavirus outbreak? Well, you need to visit greenermask.co.uk We provide masks with 100% recyclable material. We've got masks from all sorts of places. We have shite-filled boxer shorts and elastic bands. We have sanitary towels with discarded chewing gum. Whatever your needs, we've got the right mask for you in a number of shitty menstrual flavors. Get down to greenermasks.co.uk and go and hug a tree with safety.
0: I was browsing YouTube, and I was uh, I was looking for like news on uh, the Godzilla vs Kong film that's going to be coming out next year. I spoke about how I like I'm a big fan of Godzilla and giant monsters and all that and monster movies and all that kind of thing on the last episode. But I was searching for, like, to see if there's any updates, like, on oh, maybe there's a trailer or whatever like that, because it's been fucking ages, and we've only seen, like, the odd image of, like, Kong going to punch Godzilla and, and whatnot. There's, like, literally been hardly anything, any information about the film. So I was just going through, like, my... what I do every so often. I just kind of browse YouTube and see if there's any videos on... Like new news on the film, on its development, and if we're getting anything from it. But what keeps coming up every time I search for it now, is I keep seeing all these videos for this thing called Siren Head. And it's like it just kept popping up. Like it was like, uh, Siren Head explained and fucking. What would happen if Siren Head faced Godzilla and like this, that, and the next thing? And I was just like, what? I'm going to need to finally find out what this is. Because it's fucking annoying me. So I watched like the Siren Head Explained video. And it's basically this fucking skeletal fucking humanoid monster that roams about in the fucking woods or whatever. And it's literally got Tanoi speakers for a head. Like but the like the, the, the opening in the Tanoi speakers, like the speaker part, has got like a mouth in each speaker. With like look what looks like human style teeth. It's a fucking strange looking thing. And the Tanoi speakers have actually got the wires and everything. Like, the electrical wires go, like, down its neck and into its body and everything. It's fucking, it's a strange looking thing. And apparently it was this thing, like, that, that uh, some artist drew, um, ages ago. But, and it's become, like, a sort of a cult figure thing. Where people took it and then, they started saying that, that like, they'd actually seen it in real life and all that kind of thing. But apparently this thing, what it does with these fucking speakers is it can sort of, um, copy any noise or whatever that it's heard. Like, it could do stuff like, it can change it to, like, radio signal, it could tune in radio, it could fucking send out public service announcements, it could just turn into, like, a your standard air raid siren type thing, um... But it could also sort of disguise, like, disguises someone's voice. So if it hears somebody speaking, it could copy their voice. And then, so if it's creeping up on somebody, then it could fucking pretend it's like somebody else's voice to make them feel like they're, like, it's safe or whatever, like that. But then it's not, and then they just get fucking devoured. Because apparently it eats people. And uh but then there's other things as well, it's like like it's no got a brain apparently. This fictional drawing doesn't have a brain, which kinda goes without saying. But it's like if this is a real life thing, how in the absolute fuck can it function without a brain? Like how could it? How could it experience like cognitive like abilities? Without a brain, how does it make any fucking sense? How does it know what it's doing? How does it know to fucking send out the right signals and go and fight fucking? How does it know to stalk people and and whatever? How how could it strategize if it's not got a brain? People genuinely didn't fucking think when they come up with this shit. But, like, these fucking things were, like, videos just kept popping up, so I needed to figure out, like, what it was was I kept seeing. And that led me down a rabbit hole to the fucking SCP Foundation. Now the SCP Foundation, as I've discovered, is basically a website or a wiki, a sort of database type thing, where people make up these sort of sinister sort of entities. And they make up these creatures and fucking, like, Ideas and things like that, and they put them into this database, fictional database, and they all pretend it's real. They all pretend that it's real, and there's actually facilities all across the world, and everything like that, that are keeping these creatures and these uh, specimens in uh, in cells and and things like that, so that they not and and they're keeping them secret from the public because the public wouldn't be able to comprehend them and the results would be catastrophic and there's thousands and thousands of these things now um but i've got to say this website is probably my favorite website ever just because like it's fucking mental some of the stuff that people are coming about if you, if you ever want to find out like the extent of the human imagination. Check out this website, cause it's fucking insane. Some of the stuff. These thousands and thousands, like, and the uh, <laughs> SCP stands for uh, secure contain protect. So it's like the security, like, is for obviously like need to keep the world secure and everything like, and stuff like that and keep their identities sort of secure. Now the details secure from the public knowledge and this, that so, and the next thing. Kind of like the whole Area 51 thing, I suppose. Um, contain is obviously that's the containment facilities for all these things. And uh, protect is like protecting the information and protecting their existence from... The public knowledge and what some fucking shit like that anyway. I'm probably butchering the whole fucking concept, but if you check it out for yourselves, it'll be fucking thing. Here's here's a couple of examples actually, right? So Siren Head is apparently one of them. I don't know if he is or he isn't, but like, or she isn't, why well, then I don't know what if it's got a fucking gender or whatever. But it doesn't matter because it's led me here and there's loads of these fucking things. So I'll give you a couple of examples, right? There was one that I've seen where it's basically a coffee machine. Right? Bear with me here. It's just a co- a normal coffee machine that you'd find in any sort of public building or an office or... uh just a workplace or something like that where you get the wee plastic cup, you put it under, you make your selection and it pours it out for you. But the thing with this coffee machine is that it can pour anything. So you go up to the keypad and it's got like a full keyboard and you could type in anything and it'll pour it. So if you typed in fucking, uh, americano, it would pour americano. If you typed in, uh, seven up, it would pour seven up. If you typed in fucking. Goat's piss, it would pour goat's piss. Sulfuric acid. Yeah, we've got a lot, lot of shitload of that. You could fucking hear drink of that. But one of the, one of the examples that they gave on the site, was. uh Somebody, that this is the example of like what it could do sort of thing they they give these little sort of little stories um to sort of keep up the sort of the 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 ruse and uh apparently this guy had gone up to it and he typed in the perfect drink, so right enough, the coffee machine pours the perfect drink, and the guy drinks it, and he gets into such a state of euphoria that eventually he kills himself. They find the guy hanging in his flat and his suicide note says uh, I, was, I can't remember what it was it was someone like uh, sorry I just couldn't go on anymore Everything just seems to be such a letdown. (laughs) So this coffee machine's poured the perfect drink and he's drunk the perfect drink and because he's experienced like the highest of highs, everything just seems like a disappointment to him now so he killed himself. He can never be that happy again unless he goes and types in the perfect drink onto the coffee machine again. Which begs the question, why didn't he just do that? Why didn't he just keep getting them? And keep drinking them, and he would constantly be happy, and he would never have killed himself. Begs the question. But there's other stuff like that, like like um, the one I really wanted to talk about though was, why probably my favourite one that I've that I've noticed so far. It's uh, SCP two thirty, because they're all numbered. They're all numbered, they've numbered all the specimens and then they've given them a name. I can't remember what what number or name the coffee machine was, I just remember having that one described to me in one of the YouTube videos. But this one is actually one I found on the site. And it's SCP-230, The Gayest Man Alive. (laughs) The Gayest man alive is captive in one of these facilities now I've got the description here so if you bear with me I'll read what it's got in the description and I'll discuss it with you right so here goes SCP-230 is a male Caucasian with a lean build and gaunt appearance so he's skinny. Just a scrawny little bastard. Obviously he doesn't swallow. And isn't taking in all the calories from the semen. But hey ho. SCP-230 is 185cm or 6 feet one inch tall. He weighs 68.04kg or 150 pounds. Again, skinny as fuck. And appears to be in his early 30s. I don't know when this was written, maybe that's changed, maybe he's in his 50s now, maybe he's dead, fuck knows. He wears bright clothing and prefers the colours pink and yellow. This is getting a bit fucking stereotypical and homophobic now. SCP-230 is a very cheerful individual who appears to be incapable of negative emotions. So, it doesn't matter what you do to him, what you say to him, or, or what happens to him, he's incapable of being angry or upset about it. So, imagine being in a relationship with this guy. How fucking difficult would that be? But at the same time, you could take that out on him. So, say for example... You wake up one morning and you get out of the wrong side of the bed. You're not in the mood for anything. You're f- tired. You're fucking just under the weather. You, you just can't be fucking bothered. We've all, got, we've all had those mornings. You wake up to his fucking beaming fucking puss Right there staring at you. Fucking dancing about the place like a big cheeser. Like he's just swallowed a fucking... Piana, you just you would just want to fucking stick the head on the cunt, would you not? I'm like that with happy people in the mornings anyway. Like if I if I have to get up early in the morning and, and I, I go and there's people that are fucking are uh, chipper and all they all right, how's it going? Fucking good morning, everybody. You know, what I mean, I'm, I just honestly want to fucking if if. Ever there was a point where I think to myself, no wonder psychopaths exist. It's those moments. So can you imagine waking up to this guy, who's incapable of negative emotions, just always constantly happy, wearing these fucking... these pink specs and his fucking yellow jumper. Probably fucking... <clears throat> pink and yellow fucking thong on or something. And he's sitting there fucking with a cheeser, like fucking throwing confetti about anything. You'd want to fucking leather him. But you can. See, that's the thing, because he's not going to go to the police, because he's incapable of negative emotions. So, the downside may be that he's always happy, and that's going to get on your tits a lot of the time. The upside is you can slap the shit out of him with no consequences. Because he's not going to get you in trouble. He'll, He'll see the funny side of it. He'll be happy about it. You can mount him with your knees on his fucking arms and just fucking start hammering the point of your elbow right into his fucking orbital bone. And he'll just fucking sit there and if he's crying, it'll be crying tears of laughter. Cause he's not really giving a shit. So, anyway, but really, we're going to get into the fucking nigger here. SCP two thirty secretes a chemical similar in composition to heroin from his pores. So, like, he's basically. A fucking sprinkler system for drugs. So you know those air freshener things? That. You just leave them sitting there. And occasionally. They're on a good timer. And occasionally they just squish out some. Fresh air. Into the room. I get the image of him being like that. But it's heroin. Composition that's coming out of his pores. The chemical has been named compound, and then the name of the compound's actually been blacked out because to try and keep this like believable, they've obviously like got classified information and everything involved. Once secreted from his pores, it evaporates immediately and contaminates the air around C- SCP Two Thirty Compound Blank seems to be effective in as little as 30 parts per million in gaseous form. I don't know what that fucking means. That's fucking Swahili to me. When inhaled, compound blank causes extreme euphoria in subjects. Well, there you go, that fucking explains it then. No wonder he's never fucking sad. His fucking, his veins are constantly pumping me fucking class A heroin. To the point where he can afford to fucking eject out of his system. Right into the fucking, the bloodstream of some kind else. Analysis on class D personnel, under the effects of SCP two thirty, indicated they had dopamine levels greater than five times of what is expected during sexual climax. So, it's basically, the effect that you get from this compound is basically like coming five five times over at the same time. Which is, I can't even imagine that because, well, to be fair, Coming for me now is kind of like a bit of a chore. Like I did not really get so much like a of a a buzz for it now. Like I did it to relieve myself, but it's mainly just a fucking mainly just to stop my balls from exploding. Anyway, where was I? Subjects express impairments similar to the effects of heroin. Subjects become willing to comply with any request SCP-230 makes, provided it does not involve leaving SCP-230's presence. So now he's basically got slaves working for him. He's basically spiked everybody, and now they're obeying his every whim. It's It's like a fucking Marvel villain or something. Although I didn't think Marvel would really... Marvel's, like studios would pass this character imagine that fucking just him going about infecting Ant-Man and Hulk and Spider-Man and everything with fucking heroin make it turning them into these wee slaves these wee sex slaves and they're all fucking running about acting like they've they've came five times imagine Hulk fucking hell although he'd probably just be Bruce Banner then because he has to be angry to be fucking Hulk does he so if he's never angry when he's got this heroin in him maybe this is the answer Bruce Banner spent the whole time looking for a fucking cure for turning into the Hulk maybe this is it Get him in a cell with SCP-230, the gayest man alive. Get a wee backdraft for his fucking. his heroin dispenser. <clears throat> Compound blank is present in all of SCP's to, SCP-230's blo- bodily fluids. Ew. <laughs> that means he's. Pish, He's cum, He's shite. He's sweat. Fucking hell. See, just everything's heroin. Guy's a fucking junkie. Ex- no wonder he's this fucking skinny. By the way, he must be like he must be like a stick insect, a really happy, pink and yellow stick insect. That emits heroin. He probably looks more like a needle. Maybe he is. Maybe he's just a walking, talking fucking heroin needle. A syringe. Exposure is possible even by contact with SCP-230's skin. Well, you'd think so, considering the guy's made up with the fucking stuff. Exposure to the compound will result in immediate addiction, withdrawal symptoms and extreme are extreme and have a 30% mortality rate. Fucking hell. So this is worse than COVID. If any, if any time you want to wear a mask, it's around this fucking prick. But how effective, like, how effective would a fucking, a standard mask be around this guy? How effective are the masks against heroin? That's what we really need to be testing. Forget coronavirus. The gayest man alive is out infecting the fucking world with fucking heroin. Symptoms include loss of appetite, tremors, what the film? Panic, vomiting, diarrhea, irritability. How could you be irritable if you're happy all the time? Surely you can't get irritated if you're in, constantly in a state of euphoria. Anyway, dementia, insanity, well, yeah, that goes without saying, blindness, and hemorrhaging. Though symptoms vary from subject to subject, symptoms typically last for around two weeks before subsiding. The symptoms appear to be determined by how much of compound blank. The subject is exposed to. Well naturally. Subjects that ingest. Any of SCP-230's. Bodily fluid. I.e. saliva. Blood. We could go on here. Semen. Fucking breast milk. Whatever. Have a mortality rate from withdrawal. Of 100%. So. Anybody that would withdraws. That doesn't get. The, the the fluid, the heroin again dies. So basically if you if you get in and about this fucking gay guy's presence and he fucking farts or something then that's you addicted to heroin and if you ever try to come off it you'll die. That's fucking good to know. SCP 230 was found in an apartment in blank with 20 people acting as his servants. See, there we go, there's his serves. He, he, he he's employing he, slaves. This is newfangled slavery. Gavery, you might call it. <laughs> <clears throat> SCP 230 seemed to be actively attempting to limit the number of people he exposed. Several bodies of exposed persons were found on the premises. When questioned about them, SCP-230 replied, Things were getting a bit crowded, so I had to ask a few of them to stop breathing. I don't know why I put on that voice to be honest, that was quite homophobic, I apologise. But I imagine that's how he would talk. So fuck it. Imagine that the eh? way he asked them to stop breathing. But that's the thi- that's the thing though. So th- so they're they're so like they're so attached to him after he's gave them the heroin and everything like that that he can ask them to stop breathing in the will. That's quite mental. SCP-230 appears to be under the effects of compound blank, but doesn't seem to be impaired by it in any way. Well, he's probably fucking used to it. Attempts to alter SCP-230's mood have proven ineffective. Use of various drugs known to cause depression only resulted in SCP-230 producing more of compound blank, and thus were ineffective. Right, so he produces this heroin and obviously ingests it himself to keep his mood up. Right, I'm starting to get it now, even though this is all fucking fake. I'm starting to understand. SCP-230 is a very friendly individual. (laughs) No shit. And will candidly engage in conversation with any personnel. SCP-230 is unaware of how or when he began secreting compound blank. When questioned about his past, SCP 230 replied that he has been secreting, secreting compound blank as long as he can remember. To be honest, if that's getting into your system and everything like that, like, all the time, you're not going to remember much. I doubt what he can remember. He can remember what he's done ten minutes ago. He's in that st- such a fucking mind fuck all the time. His brain's probably like scrambled egg. SCP-230 prefers to talk about things he considers good or gay. SCP-230 has some psychological attachment attachment to the word gay. When asked to describe himself, SCP-230 used the word gay six times, (laughs) gaiety four times, and the word gayest once when SCP-230 referred to himself as the gayest man alive. Ah, so he called himself that. It wasn't somebody else going like, oh, look at that gay guy there, he must be the gayest man alive. It was him saying, I am the gayest man alive.
1: Fucking deal
0: with it. And then probably laughed maniacally. There's a wee note as well by some fucking Dr. Blank let's just call him Robotnik Dr Robotnik says scp Thirty's preoccupation with the word gay has nothing to do with sexual orientation ah there you go see you were all thinking that he was a fucking, like he was into the booby he liked, he liked a few fucking meat lanterns in his fucking cheeks but no, it's just gay as in happy the original meaning SCP-230 doesn't appear to have a sexual orientation due to the lack of interest in sex entirely. This makes sense, seeing as SCP-230 experiences the same amount of pleasure doing any given activity, making sex unnecessary. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. If If you get the same, like, sense of, like, ecstasy from smashing your head off a concrete wall. What's the point in fucking going and shagging somebody? I mean, what's the point in going and trying to come out with fucking idle chit-chat and, oh, do you want me to buy you a drink? Do you want me to take you up the road? like you want me to take you up the shite pipe? There's no point in all that. Oh, you you could just fucking stand up, go over to the nearest wall and start fucking slamming your fucking forehead into it. And you'd, you'd get the same sort of buzz. That's quite good. I quite like this guy. But I'm definitely going to look at some more of these because, like, this is fucking insane. There was another one I seen the other day as well where it was like, one, the, the, the name of it was like 153.5 inch floppy disks. And it was literally like a pile of floppy disks where they were all numbered. And it was something like the first 12 of them were just all porn. That's all that was on them was Porn. It's like the because the description thing said that they opened one and it just immediately popped up with this fucking hardcore porn site. You have to wonder if they ripped the head off it before they went and told somebody. But once they once they worked that out and then they got onto the other ones, they realised that like all these floppy disks basically contained the entire contents of the internet, and it's just fucking. It just gets weirder and weirder. But honestly, this is probably one of the best things I've found in a long time. I can't get enough of it, and I'm going to read through some more of them. And maybe I'll make, maybe I'll make it like a little thing where like I'll we'll do like a little read. I'll pick one at random, and I'll just read and, and we'll discuss like what uh, the description of some of these things because I think they're fucking I think they're fascinating. It just fascinates me that like people can come up with this shit. But uh but yeah that's uh that's been the podcast it's about time I wrap this up because this has been going probably longer than it normally does to be honest. Uh, but yeah uh everybody have a, a good weekend and a good Most of next week, and hopefully, I won't be so late in posting the next one. Okay, right, cheerio.